Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio Program, The Really Real Deal, as we listen to a little bit of James Brown talking about it's a man's world. And, uh, hey, we have a real man uh, guest today that fits right in with that theme that we're always talking about here on The Really Real Deal. And we have a real deal guest, folks. We have Dr. Benjamin Weicker, who is a Catholic ethicist, a author of numerous books. I mean, uh, the uh, one of his books he wrote back, I think, uh, maybe about 10 years ago uh, that, that critiqued uh, 10 books that did, or actually 15 books, but 10 books that did a great deal of damage throughout the world. And uh, that was a great book. But this one, folks, you've been hearing me all year long talk about that this is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's uh, Protestant Reformation, and, uh, and, and, and Dr. Weicker's latest book is The Reformation, 500 Years Later, 12 Things You Need to Know. And, uh, and with that, Dr. Weicker, welcome to the program. And thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, and thank you for writing this book, I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I, for the life of me, uh, Doctor Weicker, I now, and I know you're a Catholic, and I'm a I'm a Protestant, but uh, you know I don't know how much of the program uh, you heard, but I was just closing uh, the previous segment with an analogy from Game of Thrones, and uh-huh. uh, and I think in your book you use a very similar analogy with uh, Lord of the Rings, but in in Game of Thrones the seven kingdoms that fight 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 and fight and they they there's there's a truly palpable lust for revenge okay because the bloodletting has been so horrific but they have a common enemy now and in the next year is going to be the final season i think it's the eighth season and the army of the dead is coming for all of them <laughs> Okay. There you go. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yes, yes. And so now these people, is like, okay, and it's going to be like, okay, how do I unite with this person who killed my parents? Okay. Yeah. And, and um, so here we are. And, you know, and one of the things, one of the great things about uh, the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, I mean, in that famous um, speech uh, he gave shortly before his death, he said one of the things he said was, Catholics and Protestants have yeah. to have to unite. Yes, yeah, and and I use uh, uh, not having watched Game of Thrones, but having read uh, uh, J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings and and love the movies. I, mm-hmm. I use a similar thing. Here we are, uh, the dwarves and the elves have been fighting for centuries, but you know you're rammed into the same castle because you're both realizing the orcs are out to kill both of you. They don't care about your differences. Right. All they care about is elimination, and that's the situation that Catholics and all Protestants find themselves in today. We've got radical secularism out to, to uh, take us down, mm-hmm. and if that weren't enough, we got radical Islam, and that's a good enough reason to say, hey, guys, yes. you know, yes. I think we can come together on this one. Yes, yes. And, 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 and I would think that the, the Catholic Church having such a long history and having uh, a type of unity that many Protestant churches do not have, at, at least as far as the, the Protestantism 
as a as a as a separate branch there 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 is not that type of unity and there is should be a historical perspective in relation to Islam because yeah. you know for the most you know catholic the catholic faith is was primarily in Europe and Islam rose up out of the Middle East and almost conquered Europe. Exactly. And what we need to realize, and I go through this in the book, is they're not finished. This is an ancient history for them. Uh, and I have a chapter on Islam, you know, showing century after century, from the yes. 600s, 700s, 800s, 900s, right up on the time of Martin Luther in 1500, uh, uh, Islam had tried to, been to conquer Europe. And uh, everyone at the time of Martin Luther, uh, right at the beginning of 1500, thought, this is it. You know, we're about to be swamped. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the context of the Reformation. So everyone, no matter what side you were on, uh, you, you thought that actually the most important worry of the day was the fact that Islam was literally pouring over the borders. They were in... Um, uh, what modern-day Turkey, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, had made their way into southern Europe and eastern Europe. And Martin Luther himself would be very surprised to find out that there are any Christians around 500 years later or that there's a 500 <laughs> years later at all. Yeah. Really, because he, he thought this is the book of Revelation being played out. This is it. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is the end of time. Uh, and that's how serious it was. But now we're facing the same thing. A 100,000 Christians have been martyred every year over these last decades by radical Islam. This isn't mm -hmm. a small problem, yeah, and it's well, not reported. Well, why, why now? The Catholic Church has a, a huge platform, and you, we don't, we don't hear, or at least I don't. Okay, now maybe they are seeing it in places where I'm not privy to, but there's not this giant megaphone. I mean, just last week, okay, we had the anniversary of September 11th. Now, yep. I did on this very program, I went through the history, the Battle of Malta, okay, 1565, yep. uh, the Siege of Vienna, uh, yep. 1683, um, you know, 1697. I, I went through that, but everywhere I went from so-called conservative Fox News, now you wouldn't expect it on CNN and a lot of the liberal places, <laughs> but I mean, my God, even the one network that toots itself as being conservative, not a peep, yep. not a single peep, okay? Nothing from the White House. No, I mean, yep. nothing. No one has anything to say. I mean, all we've gotten is, I mean, right after the uh, attack uh, 16 years ago, uh, President then-President Bush comes out and says Islam is a religion of peace. I mean, where, where, are, where were and where are the religious advisors that do have the institutional memory to correct these politicians when they make such false statements. That that I like the way you put that, that institutional memory, because you know, I was just reading a quote from George Orwell about, you know, a race in nineteen eighty four, the way to manipulate people is you erase their memory, you erase their understanding of history. <laughs> and and that's basically what we have because you can't look at the history of Islam and think anything else then well, of course, this is what they've been trying to do uh, since the early 600s. And if you don't understand that, well, then guess what happens? You, you know, you, yeah. as you said, in that 9-11 anniversary, well, how many days was it later before you got a firebomb in London? Mm -hmm. 
You know, oh, wow, yeah. gosh, we didn't think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you going to prepare if you don't know the history uh, of, of Islam? And it, and it just sees itself as taking over Europe in regard to its original you and know, they boast message. about this. They, I mean, they. I mean, they boast about yeah. Londonistan. They, I mean, even in the Quran, they boast about the Treaty of Hubadiah. Okay, yeah. where Muhammad. I mean, this is someone that supposedly is a prophet who incorporates lying, and they call it holy deception. I mean, yeah. you you can't make this stuff up. It's right there in the Quran. Yeah, you don't have to make it up. Actually, as you say, it's all there. And and um, in my chapter, I, I I put out some of it there, and uh, and other in the footnotes because you have to read not only the Quran, but the hadiths, which are the writings about Muhammad's mm-hmm. life that uh, it, that Muslims take as equally revealed and important. Yes. And then you realize, okay, well, you know, they, they are trying to wipe out Jews, and they do believe Christians are infidels, mm-hmm. and there's a certain way you treat them, uh, and you are allowed to deceive, and also if you feel yourself attacked, then you can kill innocent women, children, um, yeah. and people on, on your own side or their side, it doesn't matter. There's no holds barred, and that's why you always hear them put things in terms of, well, we're being attacked. Mm-hmm. We're on the defensive because it puts forth another mode of warfare, yeah. where, which makes sense of terrorism. And they're, and, and they're occupying former Christian lands, but in yep. their, what they say is that if, if they have ever occupied it, for, if they occupied it for a minute, it's theirs for eternity, and then we are the intruder. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, people that live in Florida complain that there's an alligator in their backyard. Well, alligator was there first. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and people don't understand that my, you know, folks in, in the early 600s, like 637, they had already conquered Jerusalem. In the middle of 700s, you know, they were conquering Spain, and they were on their way into France. Yeah. You know, that's when you say that's an important point. They say Allah had given it to us already, and the infidel took it back. Yeah, that's how they view it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why France is so important for them. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, you have no go zones. You have a, a what a ten percent, um, a ten percent uh, Muslim population. You have a birth rate that is off the chart. And while I'm on the subject of birth rates, let me just say to you, sir, and now you need to speak on this, okay? God <laughs> Are you, are you bless. talking about my own birth rate? Or? <laughs> well, you, you'd have a nice, good-sized family. I read all about, you know, you, you, you're on the farm. And, look, you even have dogs, and I have little Maximus sitting here, and he's nodding in approval, you know. <laughs> the well, hatchet hell. His vote, actually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, just the Catholic birth rate i mean without without the catholic birth rate i mean my goodness i mean we i mean it's it's sad that we get to a place of complacency where when there's poverty and there's not enough to do uh other than make babies people are making babies but then when comfort comes when poverty ceases and then all of a sudden you want one child or at the most two because your resources you want to have, you know, a second house, a boat, you know, whatever. Yeah. You're putting resources into things other than following the very first command that God gave in the Bible, which is to be fruitful and multiply. And, you know, and, and the Muslim population, they're popping out about eight babies per woman. 
Yes, um, and what you have there, and this is the the interesting thing that that you know we need to understand this again historically, and now we can understand it doctrinally. Um, you, you know, the 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 uh, what happened is that uh, uh, really right before the Reformation, you have the rise of secularism. People don't know that that modern secular atheism begins prior to the Reformation, and it's been spreading ever since then. And what it does is it spreads from the very beginning uh, the destruction of the Christian moral understanding about what sexuality is for. Mm-hmm. And for them, you know, what you have is the rise of what's called materialism, meaning, hey, it's all about bodily comfort and limiting your pain and inconvenience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's four or five hundred years ago that's spreading. So it's not really a super shock to find what you, you know, say is, is that, you know, people are embracing. Uh, what is convenient, what is pleasurable, and okay, well, sex is pleasurable, convenience is pleasurable, and you know these kids, man, they're a pain in the neck. So I'm gonna, I'm going to embrace birth control and abortion and so on and sexual, you know, uh, license. Um, and what you have then is a demographic collapse in Europe. At the same time, you have sort of the self-destruction of sexuality mm-hmm. aimed at any direction, literally any direction. But procreation, it's like you're taking a gun and you used to have a bullseye, and now you take the gun and you shoot everything else in the world but the bullseye, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and Islam looks at that, and they say, that's what's wrong with these people, mm-hmm. you know? And so they're looking in from the outside, and what do they see? They see, you know, just they're right confusion. They and, think and we're right for destruction because... We are. You know, I mean, yeah. and you look at uh, even fertility, let, let alone, I mean, when they measure sperm counts in the Western world, sperm counts in the Western world are down 40 percent, but not in the Islamic world and yeah. not in South America. Yeah, what you find um, is is a, a real sexual collapse. I deal with this uh, in another book I just recently released in, in Defense of Nature, talk about what does it mean to have sexual self-destruction and it's exactly what you bring up. I mean, that's one sign of it. Mm-hmm. And it's really obvious. What would it mean with any other, you know, any animal you picked out if you were an ecologist? It means, right. well, you're right, you're ripe for extinction and yes. you're doing it yourself. Yes. And so what we have, you know, Islam looked at the edge of Europe when Martin Luther in the 1500s and it said, we're about to take over. It didn't happen. But now they're walking right in. They don't have to attack our churches and take over. We are bringing them in. We're bringing them in, and the churches are empty. Yeah, yeah. So they're actually turning churches into mosques because they're empty. Yeah, yeah. And that's secularization. Yeah, yeah. Now, you have time for a little more on the other side of the break? Yes, I can, yeah. Yeah, because when we come back, what I want to ask you about is there's this, uh, uh, and uh, again, it's somewhat of a tension. Okay, we we recognize we cannot have— unlimited immigration, but there are many modern critics of the Catholic Church that say that um, for immigration on this side of the Atlantic, the Catholic Church wants it in order to, because in South America, for the most part, those are Catholics, and so that's mm-hmm. a way to fill, fill the church pews, whereas in Europe, you, you're basically replace, you're not replacing uh, these uh, empty church pews, you repl- as you say, you're closing down churches and opening up mosques. And yeah, so, yeah. but on both sides of the Atlantic, 
it's an immigration problem. So maybe we can, you know, talk a little bit about that because sure, we, sure. we do have these things that where Catholic and Protestant differ, and we're trying to bridge that gap because, you know, yeah. as they say in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> well, all right, folks, uh, if you're just joining us, we have Dr. Benjamin Weicker, author of The Reformation, 500 Years Later, 12 Things You Need to Know. I highly recommend the book. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. Attention tradesmen, since 2009, CodeUpdateForYou.com has provided continuing ed courses to renew your fuel, gas, plumbing, electrical, or HVAC card. CodeUpdateForYou.com aims for simplicity from sign-up to course completion and sends in your results for you. With CodeUpdateForYou.com, you can complete your course from your home or work computer 24-7 at your own pace, experience great customer service, and get your required CEU credits by going to CodeUpdate, number four, letter U.com. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, TheFirstAmendmentInc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here with Dr. Benjamin Weicker, author of The Reformation 500 Years Later, 12 Things You Need to Know. I highly, highly recommend you get this book, okay? We who are in the Christian, conservative, constitutional, capitalistic coalition, we need to have this book and we need to understand what's in this book. And uh, we want to say uh, thank you again, uh, Dr. Weicker. And I appreciate it. Thank you yes. for having me again. Oh, it's 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 my honor. Uh, really, <laughs> really is. And uh, you know, the, this this thing with uh, with immigration. You know, in your book, you talk about uh, nationalism in Martin yep. Luther's time. And you know, to me, it seems secular. Um, the turning of the saculum, which yeah. you know, every four generations. The saculum turns, you know, as you 
well know in, in biblical times, time was not counted by centuries, but it was counted by generations. These are the generations of old. And, and four generations completed a cycle, which tends to repeat itself. And like some of the examples you give with um, uh, that um, Catholics wouldn't complain about uh, Bonhoeffer and Protestants uh, wouldn't complain about uh, St. Maximilian, you know, yeah. because they recognize they're both saints. But, you know, they were from the previous crisis era in the previous saculum, 1940s, World War Two and all of that. But yeah. here we're now four generations later. And so these same problems are popping up. And according to your book, they, they were not only were these problems, you know, four generations ago, like even in America, when you count from the Revolutionary War, four generations later, Civil War, four generations yeah. later, World War Two. And we're now four generations later. But you seem to take this, you know, much, much further back and that this was the same dynamic in Martin Luther's time. Yes. Uh, in fact, we can see that's the important thing uh, to pick up on uh, a point you made earlier about why you don't want to forget history, because then you see, okay, we're facing the same uh, difficulties. So, you know, 1500, yes. we're facing radical Islam. In, you know, 2017, we're facing radical Islam. Okay, what mistakes don't want we, you know, we don't, did we make mistakes last time? What do we want to do now? Um, uh, 500 years ago, uh, Christianity is splintered. Why did it happen? We need unity today. We have to have it. It's not, you know, it's, it's biblical, obviously, to search for that unity in Christ, but it's also survival. Yes. And so we can say, well, what mistakes were made then, and how can we avoid them? Because, you know, our situation isn't new, and if you don't know the past, it's real hard to learn from it. Yeah, yeah. And on both sides of the Atlantic, there's this resistance to nationalism. Uh, so, you know, there was a, you know, I guess in Martin Luther's time, there was a resistance. And but on the European side of the Atlantic, the, um, you know, the people that want to they want England to be England. They want France to be France. You know, they want Poland to be Poland. And um I mean, you know, and, and the poll, the polls understand. I mean, uh, Jan Sobieski uh, came to the aid of Vienna uh, 432 years ago. <laughs> so yeah. they get it over there. But now yeah. on our side of the Atlantic, uh, you know, our nationalism is, you know, the, the, the Catholic Church has a, a tension with the uh, say the nationalism as as espoused by President Trump, at least with his lips, anyway, it remains to be seen if it's going to be uh, proven to be true in fact. Uh, you know, but rhetoric-wise, it it got him elected. The fact that America wants to survive as America, and uh, he even gave us great speech in Poland where he expanded this to the Western world and this idea, and he asked a simple question. Does the Western world have the will to survive? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a real complex mess, and, and Christianity interesting, adds the interesting aspect of it, which I think you're pointing to. All Christians believe in a, in a universal that is a you know you're supposed to preach to all nations right out of Matthew, right? So mm -hmm. you know, take the gospel to all nations, not just to the one you're in, 
uh, Jesus isn't, uh, uh, you know, uh, confined to Britain or he's not confined to France or, you know, to Ohio or to, you know, Pennsylvania or some smaller thing. So the church always has this universal push. Mm-hmm. But people really have to live in, in a particular place. Right. You know, and what you have is Europe trying to say, um, we need a, not a universal church, we need a universal state. That's the danger, and that's what the you know Brexit is about. Mm-hmm. And the more conservative movements in Poland and France are saying that you know we rightly reject the notion that we have a universal state which is supposed to function like a universal church, uh, but really it, fo- it it functions like a sort of a totalitarian impression. You know, mm-hmm. you all have to do this, but that's inappropriate and destructive and it actually violates a catholic principle called subsidiarity that is that your political structure should be built from the ground up they always go local and you build them up mm-hmm. so um so there's a you know there's a real mess there mm-hmm. and that's you know that confusion between the church and the state is one of the things we've been wrestling with since the beginning mm-hmm. and you know i i've said for years that what conservatism is truly about, and you make a great point. You know, the terms you use are ortho, orthodox and, and heterodox, but, I mean, same thing, conservative. I call it neoliberal. Um, you know, I'm not sure if liberal in what you mean by liberal, uh, you know, because a classic liberal is a pretty good guy, but now where do you find a classic liberal today? You know, they're called conservatives now. You know? Yeah, there's a there's a confusion about that in the terms. I deal with that in another book called Worshiping the State, but mm-hmm. it's uh um the the Christian the Christian is able to stand above all these sides pulling out and saying, "Okay, what's going on here?" Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know, what what is the classical liberal saying and what is what we might call the radical liberal saying? Mm-hmm. But how uh, do we since they have come um they've marched into the church and they're like taking the church over. They took over academia, they took over Hollywood, they've taken over everything and there was a Barna study recently that said uh 30 some odd percent of uh students in seminaries don't really believe in the fundamental foundation of Christian faith. They, they, I mean, so why are they there? Yeah, and again, in the book, one of the things that I, that I follow out is the, the goal of secularism, again, beginning before the Reformation, uh, was to literally remove Christianity from culture. Its aim was to remove yeah. Christianity from culture, and one of the things that it did, which was ingenious, is say, you know, one of the ways that you can combat your enemy is you look like you're one of them mm-hmm. and you transform it from within and hence. Welcome back to the program, Virginia. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on Virginia's Big Dog Radio program, the really real deal and uh we are we we still have with us uh dr weicker and uh we apologize for the little mishap where the news uh we have a new man on the board and he'll get the hang of it uh but uh anyway are you still there dr weicker i am i am here right here yeah okay great great thank you so much for staying over and it's such it's what you've written and what you're saying is so compelling and, uh, and I know our audience, uh, they, you know, I know they're hanging on every word, and I pray that uh, many, many people will go out and buy this book. And uh, as a matter of fact, before we complete the conversation, uh, share with the audience 
where the book is, the publisher, or any websites you may have where you'd like to direct them? Sure. Yeah, and, and the simplest way is just come to uh, www.benjaminweicker.com. That's W-I-K-E-R. And you can see all of my books, including uh, The Reformation 500 Years Later. Okay, great, great. All right. Now, we were talking uh, before the break, we were talking about the tension between uh, nationalism and, and universalism. And you made a very interesting point about, um, you know, the church being local. And uh, but, of course, you know, in Catholicism, you have a pope and it's just like even nationally we have. You know, in, in, in government, you have a national government, a state government, and then all your local governments. Yep. And, you know, for your local representative, you might bump into him at the supermarket and give him a piece of your mind. But you very, very, you know, I mean, unless you're like an 11-year-old boy that wants to cut the grass at the White House. <laughs> yeah, was Wasn't that, that cool? Yeah. I'm going to call him up and do his hedges, I guess. I yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not too likely you're going to run into the president or, you know, you, you'll run into your local priest, and but you're not going to run into Pope Francis, okay? Yeah, it's not a, it's not likely. And, and the, the church actually has uh, that structure, that is, you've got your local parish, that's really where your focus is, uh -huh. and then you have structures above that. And that's actually, like the interesting enough, like our country was supposed to be built. Mm -hmm. It began in local communities, and you had townships. That was the real, right. uh, the, the location of self-government, and that's mm -hmm. how it's supposed to be. And then, you know, the larger things are just to take care of the things that the smaller, you know, townships can't. Right. Now we flipped it around. Now now it's governed from the top down. Right. It's supposed to be the reverse. And, and Europe is there of, already with the, with oh, the yeah, European Europe, Union. Europe just oh. wiped everything out. Right. And so you have these few outposts where they're trying to get it back. And here on this side of the Atlantic, we're holding on, trying not to go and have the same experience that Europe is having. But we, there are people that seem to have a, an interest in having what Europe has. I mean, and, yes. you know, and oh, people yeah. say it's the book of Revelation. And the sad thing, Dr. Weicker, is I, what I hear from so many Christians is, oh, don't, you know, it's, it's, it's bound to happen anyway. The book of Revelation says so. And so a lot of Christians won't vote, uh, you know, won't participate and just, oh, just let it happen. And, you know, it's like they want to live their life in their prayer closet. And we're instructed that we ought to be salt and light to the world. And, exactly. and so now, again, there's tension. So yeah. break it down. You know, how do you respect each side and where do we see ourselves as individuals? You know, do we look at what's happening up high or what's happening locally? Well, you know, uh, it, it always begins this way. If, 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 you know, you and I aren't doing the right thing in our own families, you might as well just give up on the nation, you know, and, and that's how God works things. You know, you got to see, you, a lot of people want to save the world, but, you know, they're, they're not good to their families. And mm -hmm. if your family's breaking down, nothing else is going to hold. And that's how you build, rebuild civilization from the ground up. Mm -hmm. You start with the family, the local neighborhood. You make that strong, and what right. Europe is always trying to do is flip it around and say, from from the European Union on down, we're going to govern people's individual lives and their families, and that's the reverse. The mm -hmm. family is the center of civilization. It's the origin of civilization. 
if that goes, everything goes. Right. Now, why is it that it seems that the Catholic Church, and I, I say seems, I, I, I want your insight on this, Alrighty. that they favor things like unlimited immigration, universal health care, okay, and, and the, the false the, the 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 false notion that's said about people that want health care to remain a private decision between a seeker of health care and a provider of health care, you know, otherwise known as doctor-patient relationship, which is a battle that goes all the way back to Plato and Hippocrates. You know, Plato, you know, a, a very early socialist. People don't know that about him. They just think, oh, he's this brilliant guy. But um, Hippocrates wanted the uh, relationship to be uh, one that was sacred between the doctor and the patient, and he would not uh, perform abortions, or nor would he perform euthanasia. Both of those are Catholic positions. Yeah. But now, modern update, the Catholic Church still says that, but if they're going to be on board with... Uh, whether you call it Obamacare or Trump care, okay, I, I call it Obama scam, but <laughs> but I, I can't get anyone else to join me in that. <laughs> well, well I'll, I'll do my part. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was a big scam. But they they enshrine in this the 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 right to have the state make life and death decisions to include death of a innocent fetus, to include death of an elderly person that the state decides. Well, we've sucked all the tax money we can out of you, and so I'm I'm no longer going to send you a social security check, and I'm certainly not going to spend two hundred thousand dollars keeping you alive. So we're just going to kill you, and yeah. and people don't want to hear that their government can be that evil. But isn't this simply the 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 the, the depravity that man has to capacity? And I emphasize the word capacity. You know, we have yeah. capacity for great good and great evil and when you and when you put this amount of power in people's hands and and take god out of the picture doesn't man always without god revert to the worst yeah i think that's that's the 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 point to stress and the confusion that both catholics and other christians make you, you think well god wants us to take care of everyone who takes care of everyone is the state that's the false move Mm-hmm. I don't think Jesus ever said anything about about um, taking care of the poor and the sickly and so on in terms of giving all the power to Caesar and seeing what he might do with it. Right. That's the problem, because Caesar today is, is not Christian, he's secular. And I think that the, you know, the Catholic bishops, I'll talk about them, made that mistake. And, you know, they've thrown themselves behind universal health care, but it's universal health care as defined by people who have a radically different understanding of human beings and human nature. And, of course, they're going to impose abortion and contraception and gay marriage and all these things. What did Mm -hmm. you think would happen? Because Jesus didn't call the state to be the organ of charity. He called us. I think it was the church. Yeah, he called us to do it. He called us to do it, and so here's the here. That's the message. If you want it done, you're not do you're not being like Jesus in crying out. The state has to take care of it. That's shifting your responsibility from the church to the state, 
and don't be shocked when you're nailed, you know, when, you, when the state stings you. Mm-hmm. And the bishops were shocked. Oh, my gosh, how could you do that? We were on your side. We were calling for universal health care. Well, yeah. what kind did, you know, it's Obamacare. What are you They're gonna, in bed with the devil. Get? I mean, you know, and another great point you make in your book, is it, and, and folks, this is, you know, you've got to get this book. This is a great point you make. Um, and, 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 and this point can help with some of the unity that needs to come back between uh, Catholics and Protestants is that you say that a, an, a conservative or an orthodox member of any of these various denominations, we have more in common with each other than people in our own denomination yeah. who have a different worldview or, or you know, you, your term is orthodox versus heterodox. And, you know, for the layman out there, that, that would be conservative and, you know, liberal, or I prefer the word neoliberal because I don't think they're liberal at all in a classic sense of what the word, the root word of liberty. Um, you know, they, 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 they're riding on the coattails of some pretty great liberal thinkers throughout history. Uh, you know, and, and we falsely call them liberal, but they are, they're, they're not really liberal. They just hate the idea of God. So how yeah. can the church, you how can we have fellowship? And that's even biblical. How can two walk together? Yeah, you can't. If, you know, if you have completely different views about what the nature of the good is and what human moral good is, I mean, you can't. So you find, as you say, in, in one church, you might find somebody who believes you can have abortion, somebody who believes that it's murder. And it's not, you know, one person believes it's not a human being, one person that believes it is a human being. Well, if you can't agree about that, you can't mm-hmm. agree about anything. It doesn't matter whether you go to the same church. So that's why conservatives, that is those who are trying to conserve the, um, the theological and moral uh, tradition of the church, that is what's been passed on, are the ones that really have something in common. So you might find a you know, a, a Catholic has more in common with a Baptist than a Catholic has with another Catholic, right. or a Baptist with another Baptist. Right, right, yeah. And that's a source of unity. I mean, that's a good thing, mm-hmm. but we sort of have to come out and realize that and work together. You know, that's why I like the analogy of being in the castle and trying to fight the orcs, because yeah. it isn't just sitting in a room trying to hash out differences. The room's about to be swamped, mm-hmm. and so you work you know, you work against the culture of death. You work against the destruction of marriage. And it's in working for that that you're really doing evangelization. And we're going to, you know from doing this, you work with people and, mm-hmm. and, you, and, you, and the friendships form. Yeah, yeah. What could be better? Yeah. Now, one final question, and, you, and you, you talk about a new Reformation that, you know, maybe this next Reformation won't be uh, sectarian, but it, maybe it's... Uh, conservative versus neoliberal, but um, which, you know, it, it, it seems that that tension is always there, but regardless of what side people are on, um, for me, the, the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic coalition, we are a group of people that we believe that the author of our freedom is God. Whereas the, the coalition of evil that I call, and this is the, the neoliberals, whether they're in our churches or not, this is fundamentalist Islam, that, you know, because the word Islam means submit, the total opposite of free will. It means submit, okay? So 
how can we defeat them if we won't say what they truly are? Okay, for, for example, one of the things you just said was that, okay, a uh, one person will say abortion is murder because that's a human being, and the other person will say, oh, it's not murder because that's not a human being. What if, Dr. Weicker, that other person, they're not saying that it's not a human being. What if they, in their heart of hearts, regardless of what they say, they know it's a human being, but they just don't care because they prefer the convenience of getting rid of that human being and they don't want to extend human dignity to that human being because that human being might cost them something. In, in other yeah. words, they, and I find this in many areas of life, people don't want to call evil evil. And so people that oppose them, they unfairly give them credit for the integrity of their ideas. When in yeah. my mind, there is no integrity if it's evil. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if somebody is saying that, um, um, you know, that it's fine to murder innocent people, the proper response is that you're, you have come to a point where you're so morally degraded um, that you're, you're a danger to everyone, and, and, and that's a problem. So, you know, we need to be able to say, hey, this, un, this view that you have is bad, this one's better, this one's distorted, this one's true. If you give up between the distinction between true and false and good and evil, you can't have a common life together. It's impossible because you don't agree on enough even to be able to know whether somebody's murdered someone or not. Yeah, and you can't win an argument if you, re for, for say for people, young people, particularly young people whose ideas are not yet firm, how can you convince them if you're unwilling to make a full-throated argument and say that idea they have over there is wrong because, you know, to kill uh, an inconvenient child is just like people putting um, Jews in ovens or yeah. like Muslims have killed many, you know, people off, often use the horrific example of Hitler, but Islam is off the charts. Islam and com oh, yeah. communism have killed people by the hundreds of millions. Yeah, I, I don't, it's, it's, it's amazing. And we won't say it. Yeah, we won't say it. I mean, we're, so we think, everyone thinks he's unsafe territory and, and criticizing Hitler, but there's more evil in the world than that, and a lot of the things that Hitler was doing, we're doing, we're eugenically exterminating uh, those human beings we don't want, that we might think are deformed, they're the wrong mm -hmm. gender, you know, you know that's what we, we just do it in the womb, you know, right. so how are we better? I'm, I can't quite see. Yeah, 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 and particularly when they're just, uh, their only crime is they're inconvenient. I mean, yeah. give me a break. You know, yeah. give me a break. There are people in this country that want babies so bad that they go, they will go to a foreign country to adopt a baby. Yeah, uh, or, or do something even stranger and worse. It's weird to be in a situation where you have people who are doing things sexually that have nothing to do with procreation, but yeah. are going just anywhere. And then you have people doing anything to have a baby, and you're thinking, right. wait a second. What, what, <laughs> so why not just baby? have the baby and put the baby up for adoption? I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, your, your final thoughts, sir. Well, again, I, I hope, and this, this show itself is a, a good sign of it, that we do have a new Reformation, and that's with Catholics and Protestants coming together to rebuild a really uh, destroyed and sick civilization. So 
I hope we're, we can have a new Reformation, and 500 years later we'll have a we'll have we'll be celebrating rather than uh, cowering in the in the uh, you know under attack from secularism and Islam. Excellent, excellent choice of words. There's so many people. I call them Reverend Chickenfoot. That's <laughs> that's cowering. Yeah, yeah, and that's not what we need. No, we don't need Reverend Chickenfoot. We need watchmen on the wall. That's and, exactly And you right. are a watchman on the wall. God bless you, sir. And thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, all right, folks. That now that was great. I look. I can't say enough about this book, folks. You've got to go out and get this book, The Reformation. 500 years later, and uh, his website is www.benjaminwiker, W-I-K-E-R, benjaminwiker.com. And uh, in the few moments we have uh, before the bottom of the hour break here, we've got uh, about seven minutes. We'll open the phone lines up, 804. Well, we need to take a break. We're late on this break, and when we come back, uh, we may have time for one phone call. Then we'll do our final 30 minutes. But the number is 804-454-1366, 804-454-1366. A man and his microphone, Brother Craig. What if I'm far from home, oh, Brother Nothing in this world I wouldn't do 